Howdy, folks, and welcome to the Esoteric Gaming Podcast. This is a weekly podcast detailing some of our insights and opinions into the industry of gaming. I'm Per, and with me, I got my two co-hosts, Lex. How are you doing tonight? Hello. It's good to talk with you. That's good. It's good to talk with you, too. <laughs> it's so formal. And uh, Des, how you doing? Doing great. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. So today we are just we just done we're just diving right in. We got a chocker block full episode. Just the like we were just like how much how much episode can we fit in these couch cushions? And it was like yes, all of it. So we're we're diving right in. Uh, to start us off, we are going to actually do a little bit of a follow up from our previous episode, chatting a little bit about the day before. So for those that don't know, actually it just released this afternoon. So breaking news essentially. Um, the day before released their gameplay trailer. So we're going to be dissecting it. At first, we were kind of doubtful that there ever would be a gameplay trailer, but, you know, uh, if wishes were fishes, we finally got uh, we finally got some fish stew here and got some gameplay of the game. Then after that, we're going to chat. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of an esoteric dive into the Milsim Game Squad and sort of the controversy slash really not controversy slash controversy about... Um, the monetization efforts by the new CEO of uh, OWI, which stands for Offworld uh, Interactive, which is the studio that makes Squad. And then finally, we're going to follow up with a topic about um, the hero shooter and talk a little bit about, you know, hero shooters of the past, hero shooters of the present, uh, hero games of the of the past as well, and what's been happening with them and sort of the... I would say undertones of monetization that exist within that sort of subgenre of game, if you will. So, without further ado, let's take an esoteric dive into the world of gaming. So, for those that weren't with us last week, uh, shame on you first. Um, <laughs> but for those that weren't here last week, um, just a recap, the day before was sort of, um, it was sort of the most, well, it, it's no longer, but it was the most wishlisted game by steam. Um, and it was sort of like a daisy hybrid slash division hybrid, where it was like a zombie apocalypse sort of third person shooter game. Now, the controversy surrounding it really was the idea that there was many indicators and many sort of, you know, like in like a dating relationship, there's like red flags, you see subtle little hints. Well, that's what we were seeing. Large in part, there was a lot of red flags about the fact that this really wasn't a real game, surprisingly. A lot of people thought it was vaporware. Some people thought it was an outright scam. And so last week, we took kind of a deep dive into this topic and and dived into uh, the trailers that they released, the gameplay they released, and some of our opinions and thoughts about if this really was a real game. And so I'm just going to go around table here, and we'll start with Dez. Um, today we saw, well, and you just saw it about like like 30 minutes ago, yep. um, the gameplay trailer. What's your first take on the matter? Do you think? Do you think first? Let me ask you this, or maybe I'll, I'll phrase it in such a way that makes a little more sense. Do you think? That this game, like, first of all, was this gameplay trailer real? And is this game actually going to be the success story that everybody thinks it might be? Better than I was expecting. Because um, my, my bar for what I was expecting was really low. <laughs> um, that said, like, so here's the thing about this trailer is it doesn't really tell us anything about if this game is real. It. Well, it's a walking, you, it's a walking simulator. That's what they yes. said. That's the weirdest bit about the whole shebang is if you have a like I said this to uh, in the Discord in the water cooler. I said that if you have a game on the ropes, if you have if your public perception is in the dumps and you need a PR team to come in and save you, the PR team is going to be like, okay, what's your best? Like, what is the best thing you could show people right now? Like, what's going to be the whiz bang pow to show people? Yeah, I need I need something to get people excited. That- and that's just walking. It. It, it was walking. Walking. And that's the thing is like you could um create that that quote unquote gameplay trailer by creating that environment in uh um uh, that the model for the environment, slapping it into Unreal Engine and get your character and some walking around animations and a little bit of a little bit of UI around the gun customization. And you don't 
actually need a game for any of that. I've seen people in Unreal Engine do all sorts of really cool things with physics that is not a game at all. So this doesn't tell us if it's a game. This just tells us that, hey, you can throw some stuff, and at least you can throw some stuff together in Unreal Engine. That's all it says. Well, and the thing, too, is about the idea that I was kind of saying that this is very close to DayZ, right? Like, DayZ... DayZ was fraught with many challenges to begin with, too. Like, let's not forget that DayZ, in its inception, was also considered to be quite the scammy game. Like, it was. Like, like well, I remember. What, well, can you give? I don't know what DayZ is. Can you tell me? Yeah, DayZ really was very much what the day before is. It's it's pretty bar par for the course, except more think think more foresty, think villages. So like village and forest. And essentially, you walk around this massive map, like gigantic map. There was like helicopters, cars you could use. And uh, you go into various villages and loot, and there'd be zombies. And th- that's the premise. That is the original premise of the game. That is that is it. That's as, as far as you go. And you might be like, well, that's not really... That is a game to some degree. And there was, like, health and stamina and, and like, hunger and thirst and all this jazz, right? So there was that element. But the, but the big thing behind that, and this is what I was kind of saying about this game versus DayZ... Daisy had already an extremely strong modding community behind it. So the modding community really brought Daisy out of the woods and said, like, this game can be so much more. And like the things that they added on to Daisy, they added like modular backpacks, they added vendors, they added this, they added this, this, this. There's just a laundry list of things that have been added to this game. And the thing about the day before is it is made with the Unreal Engine 5. So there is a positive aspect in that whereby if they open it to modding, there already is quite a vibrant modding community with the Unreal Engine 5, right? So it's not like they're building it on some sort of proprietary wacky engine, right? right? Like the Vulcan or, or some other engine like that. Um, but like that's kind of where I'm going, right? You're bang on this in the sense that there wasn't a game here. There was no questing that we saw. There was no characters there's no. no story like if it's a story-driven game fair enough it's a story-driven game okay that's what your game is no problem no sweat if your game is like an open world sort of like thing then you need quest systems even tarkov for instance still has quest systems and vendors that that do that jazz so yeah i mean it- we got no sense of the objective in this other than there's zombies <laughs> and you shoot them yeah let's what take is- it to uh, let's take the legs I mean- here What's I will a, say before you move on, yeah. one one thing I will say is that there could be a game here. Like just because it doesn't necessarily prove that there is a game, there still could be. Yeah. It we just you can't tell from this trailer. No, you can't. No, hundred percent. Lex, what are your thoughts? What are your kind of insights in, into what's going on here? Okay, so there is a, a famous put down in science where a paper was reviewed and the guy reviewing it said it's not even wrong. <laughs> um, this one my put down for this one is simple it's not even interesting um, I I don't know what they showed me other than that they could run an engine like yeah. I uh, it was minimally competent if I had to grade it as a professor I would have given it a C uh, they met the minimum requirements that you could theoretically get to call it something that looked like a game Nothing impressive, nothing particularly technically competent. Well, can we say this much just... though? Can we say this much though? Like, if this was a, if this was like a, if you were in university and this was your final project for like environmental artist class, I'd give it an A plus. I would. Yeah. I'd be like, this actually did oh. look aesthetically pleasing. Like, I, what I really appreciated was the city, the skyscrapers in the background. I was like, ooh, if we can travel there, that that does look cool. I will admit. So, so my comment last week was I was concerned that they lacked sufficient competence to deliver a quality product. I still stand by that in the sense that I think that the art team has done a, a good job, created an interesting environment, created an interesting world. The other parts of the game where you go from nice visuals and interesting concept to like, here's things they did not do. The level design need some serious work if that's what they want to call a level right things were spaced poorly the action was too much running around at long distances doing nothing no hint of a story they obviously could put those things in but it was not interesting it just wasn't um, 
Well, uh, and the a other lot of thing that... too was the fact that there wasn't like I think Des, you mentioned it before our podcast. The fact that it wasn't interesting, but also there like what makes it in like what makes a zombie game interesting? There's threat, right? There's this threat right. element. There's so like in the house that they entered, we could have expected like some sort of you know your classic zombie jump scare, right? And I'd be like, oh, that was fairly interesting. But nowhere in here, it was almost like the zombies were just lying in wait for you to show up and shoot them. That was it. it. Like, and they never got close. No. Never. Is, no. The zombie in the story, and this is true for almost all of the zombie movies that are interesting, the zombies are a distraction, a, a, a fear, a source of risk, drive the plot. The story is about the people. It's always about the people. and. You know, the, you've been watching Last of Us, the show, right? It's, yes, it's got zombies in it. That's not why people love that game. They love it because of the characters, right? So that's one way to do it. You have a character-driven game. They didn't show any of that, right? The other is you have a highly tense survival game. I didn't see any tension. So which is it going to be? And there's like, there was loot everywhere, like you could, they walked up to a car. They found loot <laughs> in cabinets. They found loot in like everywhere. There was loot. Like it didn't. F- I I was thinking through. Okay, so basically, she has run into a handful of zombies, killed them immediately, and found a bunch of food and other supplies. So Great. Where's that, Where's the urgency? Where's the threat? Well, in a village like that, like a city like that. You know, the, the, thing about DayZ, which, the thing about DayZ that makes it so much interesting and, and what I found to be appealing about DayZ versus the what I see here is with DayZ, it was very much like you and your friends. So you could group with a group of people almost like raided a city and there'd be just mounds upon mounds of zombies. And there was this risk element where it's like you did have to sneak around. Like there was this volume mechanic where it's like, OK, we have to sneak around here, guys. Like we don't want to alert them. And it's like if you alerted the zombie, it was like like load up the shotgun here we go let's let's let's, go, yeah. let's let's do this this game you're in a massive city there was like what like seven zombies i was like oh seven zombies okay. and whenever you shot zombies um they were not threatening uh, you know not threatening and there's no other zombie horde that came heard the shots and came running or anything like that yeah yeah, yeah. and it and it here's the thing is like you know in every zombie movie this you know what this felt like to me this felt like I Am Legend, the movie. Yeah. Like, there's just nothing going on almost the entire time. But the point of I Am Legend, right, is the story. The story. Will Smith yeah, I, I, I Am Legend is about a person's journey. And that right. includes the movie, which, of course, they cut out the interesting part of the movie, right? So the thing they cut out of that movie was the fact that the zombies are gaining intelligence. And they decided to go with an action or an ending which completely ruined the movie like that right, was well, terrible to see. yeah but the but the point is is that right so I, I, you'll laugh it's it's a very slight thing but there's a, a a non-zombie movie called assault on precinct 13 which is very much a zombie movie without zombies the people are so drugged up they're acting like zombies essentially right and there's a bad guy character in the movie who's constantly going on like he has this secret that he only tells people when they're about to die Right. And so the zombies are about to overrun the base. And a guy asks him, doesn't know the story, uh, asks him what's going on. You know, what's the story behind this? And the guy's like, I'll tell you in a second. Right. And the tension of that moment, the fact that this guy is they're all going to die. Right. Yeah. And they're still telling a funny little story. That is one approach. And it works really well. Like if you look at most traditional zombie movies, that works. Now, in a game format, they tend to ratchet up the action. but you really right, have to ratchet up the action. You right. still also have to ratchet up the action, but you also like there was no story here. There was yeah. There was a second player doing something. Doing something. But Cr- no NPCs, <laughs> no It's like why is not even interesting. I, I yeah. I'm just going to stick by that one. Right? Not even that's a great summary. It, it's not even it, interesting. And the reason I say it's a C grade is because when you're a professor, nobody gives D's much anymore. That's, I mean, it happens, but usually that's because you didn't even do the homework, right? But the C is sort of the, you met, I, I put some things on a syllabus and said, you must do these things 
And you met the minimum bar. And you just did each of those things. And none of it was particularly well put together. It was just the minimum bar. This had all that feel. Yep. Of Now, it was a step above, artistically, it was more of a B. I really give them that. Maybe even in yep. A for certain parts of it. Well, but yep. that's not the game. Like The game is not the art. That's tone. But the problem yep. is they're going for an aesthetic. It didn't seem scary. It didn't seem frightening. It, It's like... The parts are there, maybe. Now, it comes down to this, and I guess I'd finish on this. It's clearly not ready for delivery if this is what they're going to deliver. Yep. No. <laughs> and and I, I do think, I also want to make sure that, you know, we give grace to the fact that the graphics may not have been as high resolution as a detailed in some places as people would be looking for, because that's often true of pre-release games. They haven't tuned it well enough yet well and the bonkers things too is the fact that i think of like all the zombies that are in there like i'm like oh what if this is like an engine restriction like that they're restricted by the engine it's like no they're using one of the most premier engines in the video game industry today i mean start using it (laughs) yep like i i just don't think they're ready you know it, it and and i think it's a competence problem like you know they and 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 they like to distract. So I don't know if you saw at the end of that, the very end, they've got a, let's talk about volunteering. Yeah. That is classic distraction, virtue signaling. It's virtue signaling in general, but it's distraction in specific where it's like, I, you got to the end and let me talk about why we're the good guys. Right. Why you should, why you should love us. Let's ignore the fact that you lied like, about everything else is like even um <laughs> you know if you told me that this game was made by volunteers i'd be like oh yeah that makes sense yeah that's <laughs> all right <laughs> okay, it's, it's 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 definitely better than what i could do but that who cares right i don't this is not what i do for a living so it's got the thing is, is i was not really surprised because I assume that as a game company, they had the ability to put the engine together and produce something like that's. I felt like they should have had that level of competence. I don't feel like they moved past that with this yeah. video. And I do feel like, uh, you know, they may eventually get to a game, yeah. but it's going to take a long time and they may release before they get all the way there because it's going to take forever. And so the game may just fail because it's boring. You know, if I was a CEO, you know how I'd handle this company? If I'm, if I'm an external CEO, I would aqua hire their artists and probably <laughs> just leave it at that. Yeah. Right? Um, they, they've clearly got some talented people that are working for a shop and they're able to deliver on those ideas. Yep. And, you know, I, I, I really feel that way. Like there's some interesting humor and I don't know if you saw some of the signs and some of the funny names of buildings and you know, it, there, there was some quality there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So whoever put that together did a good job. They, they, they're the highlight of the, of the video. It's almost like they don't have level designers. They don't have actually game designers. They have artists and that's it. And so I, to me, that's, that's what's going on here. And you know, that could be a misread, but from what they've shown so far, that's where I rate them. Well, and that's the thing is it's what, from what they've shown so far, we can't tell. I can tell you that they've lied. You know, that's the, the crap they made up last week. Doesn't, doesn't hold water though. They, I will say that I don't know if y'all are aware, but since then they actually did come out and say, we were going to delay it anyway. They, yeah, it was, but that's, well, yeah, like, but then, okay, you, don't, yeah, but then yeah. you don't go playing games with players. Like if there's yeah. one, if there's one, I mean, you don't go playing games with any audience period, but I mean, if there's one audience in particular, you don't play games with it's gamers. You just don't like, you don't cause it's like nothing like gamers hold grudges. They do like it. Ha- like I know gamers, that like won't play a game like the sequel of a game simply because they felt that the first one wasn't good or like that even though the second one is far like destiny 2 for instance i know players that are like well it's not destiny 1 like buddy destiny 2 is far surpassed whatever destiny 2 or destiny 1 ever was like get over yourself trust me destiny 2 is just 
just as good as Destiny One was. But in, in, in fairness to them, if you followed some of the comments, they clearly achieved their goal. There, anyone who had hope, anyone who was clinging on to desperate hope, got what, what they, they needed. Yeah. Right? Did there they were know? a lot of people? Like, <laughs> there are a lot of people. Jeez, okay, whatever hope Once that again, is. This is, this is. I'm not saying this is a scam, but this kind of leading people on in scams use the same tactics. Hope is a powerful drug, and people that are hoping for something will hang on to things when their their brain will even hint to them in the back of their head, this is a bad idea, but hope will get them through. And of course, once a person who had hope gives up, you're in serious trouble. But up until that point, the brain just keeps finding ways, right? If you wanted this game to be successful and you were really worried that there was going to be nothing and they came out with this and it's clear that they can at least potentially get something out the door, then okay. Now you're excited again. And, and you see that in some of the comments. If you followed some of the comments in the video, there were people real excited about it from the video. And so it achieved that narrow goal. And the other thing is it probably gets them out of legal trouble. This, if they have some sort of legal contractual requirement, this is pretty close to minimum contractual requirements, right? It's like yep. you produce something. It may not be any good, but you know, the law doesn't say you have to make a good product you know, it's it's not a requirement that you have some minimum, ex, you know, quality thing when you just can't do it. Like that's not usually in the contract, right? It's like, it's do the best you can. That's that's legitimate effort. And you know, unless you specifically put in certain guaranteed performance requirements into the contract, right? You're okay, right? It's like I went, I did the work, I came up with something. It's clear the team was working on it. We produced it. Here it is. Yeah, nobody likes it, but that's. Too bad. Right. We got the people. As long as you get the people who are hoping for, yeah, yeah, exactly. going, yeah. then you're good. Now well, I, I still to... think they damage their reputation, but that's different. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. Well, another game that uh, has been built by uh, pretty much the exact same engine um, was a Melsim game by the name of Squad. So for those that don't know what Squad is, um, Squad was released back in 2017. Although, really, it wasn't really released until about 2019 when they kind of had their uh, big, big release. Um, And it's sort of a 50v50 milsim shooter. Sort of you can go to various sites in Canada, the U.S., Afghanistan, Iraq, Russia, and and sort of play milsim games. Um, You might be like, what's milsim versus not milsim to some degree? Milsim really is the idea, like, if you were to ever play Squad... um, you don't really get to pick your gun if that makes sense. So like, it's not a game where it's like you get all these, all these cool attachments and then you go all tactical and like, you know, bust down doors and, and there's night vision goggles. It's very much like a, they wanted to kind of emulate what would happen in a real large scale conflict between two warring nations, right? They essentially give everybody standardized guns, standardized equipment, and then you'd have at it. Right. And so that's kind of what d- defines a game like Battlefield 2042 versus a game like Squad, right? And so Squad, large in part, has been an... Ext- like, it really has been, despite it's it's had a rocky up and ups and downs roller coaster of a game, it's been a very largely successful game. Really has. Like, it actually has kind of, dare I say, stood the test of time. And this would be an interesting case study to show that, you know... If you have a game that has good gameplay in it and, and you really put the time and quality into the gameplay elements of the game, um, you don't need battle passes. You don't need microtransactions. There is no battle passes. There is no microtransactions. There's no leveling system in this game. There is no way in this game for me to tell... Like So if, Des, if you played this game tomorrow, yep. there'd be no way to tell. And then we ask somebody, like, let's say that Lex, for instance, we ask Lex, like, Hey Lex, who has more hours in this game, me or Dez? You, there'd be no way for you to tell inside the game. There's no like avatar icons, nothing. There's no progression in this game, and so it comes to no shock. Then, well, it comes to a shock, but also to a no shock. When uh, what happened was in 2021, essentially the game was rudderless without any CEO. So they were kind of working on this like shadow and lighting update for the game, and that's all they kind of released that time. 
but we were expecting like maps, factions. Now, keep in mind, this was during COVID. But um, so some big things were, were on the way, but they kind of had to wait for the CEO to come to come along and then enter in stage right this CEO by the name of Vlad uh, Seraldi. And essentially, if you looked up his LinkedIn, he actually has like quite like that's actually my that was my first thing. As soon as they announced that the CEO was coming in, my initial gut reaction was like, OK, what who is the CEO and like what is he about to do to this game? Right. And this was back in this would have been back in probably January, January, February of 2021. So about almost years ago. Yeah. A couple years ago. And so I looked at his his kind of profile thing and I noticed that I was very much or maybe this was even later than February. I forget exactly when he showed up. But essentially, I looked up his profile and I was like, oh, my goodness, this guy is chocker blocked full of mobile game development experience. Like he's got this mobile game, this mobile game, this mobile game. And I said, what say you that this guy comes along and starts introducing all these crazy monetization techniques to the game? And sure enough, (laughs) here we are, 2023, uh, they did this big announcement where essentially they are starting to monetize the game by adding an emotes to the game. Now, a lot of people were like, please, guys, don't add any Fortnite dances. Like, we don't want any, like, wacky dances <laughs> in this game. It's a sim game. It's supposed to be taken seriously. In large in part, I would say that they haven't done it. They really haven't done it. It it, it has been very well... It, it's been very tasteful. It really has. Like, we're talking, like, the emotes are, like, the peace sign or, like, a salute or or, like, various kind of military things that normal humans do in like a military context right so it's like yeah this actually makes sense but of course there's been just like huge amounts of backlash essentially being like i can't believe you guys are monetizing this game this is like this is the end this is the end of like civilization as we know it like it starts here and then it'll keep going and there's this slippery slope and like i know lex you kind of said that that's kind of where you're correct me if i'm wrong here lex but that's kind of where your thought pattern was that it's like, you know, exactly where my thought on this is. Yeah. You know, give them, give them an inch. They'll take a mile. Right. And I mean, it's, it's, that's not the way, but it's, it's more that if I'm a CEO and I want to monetize and I have this kind of game. So, you know, I look at a game like this and I have kind of mixed views. Like I haven't played it, but my neighbor is a member of the pipe hitters union. And I don't know if you looked that up, basically. The what? Union? The pipe, let's call it the Pipe Hitters Union. He's basically private security at this point. Oh, okay. My neighbor is one of those guys that if I needed somebody to actually get in a firefight and not die, I would hire this guy, right? He's the real deal. Sure. And so I look at these kind of games and I'm like, you guys are just play acting, right? So I part of me is like, look, we're just having fun. This isn't a real anything. Right. It's just the fact you call it a milsim, but military guys don't. This is not their thing. Right. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, some, I would. I I'm sure military this, guys pull. I'm sure many military, military people play, play this game. <laughs> yes. But a lot of non-military people are just playing. Pretending. Oh, sure. Like, oh, 100%. They're, they're gonna, it's a mixed bag. Look, You're 100% right. Yes. Yes. It, it, yeah. it just, you know, look, we, we all do things in our industry. And we know, hey, it's just a game version. But, <laughs> but when you when you get down to it, it's, it's a game, first of all. So it's going to get. They got to monetize it. And then, but I look at it as the players in the game want to treat it seriously and they don't want it to be a monetized. They don't want everything on the screen to be like, buy the gold to get this and that, right? They, they don't want that. And they're not going to accept that, that they're trying. There's a culture of wanting to you know, play at a serious business, right? I mean, there's people that do like, I don't know if you've seen those, but like flight simulator people, you can get some really lifelike flight simulator oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yeah, people, like, and the people like do. Me. Yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's real, right? And, and I have tons of respect for it. As long as you understand that it's not, you know, it's not quite the same as doing the real thing. You're, you're playing at it. But so they don't want it to screw that up. So the CEO can't come in and start putting little coin boxes and you're not going to have loot boxes around every corner with, you know, prizes and stuff. So he's like, how do I get it in there? He's got to monetize it. This is how you do it. You pick, you pick something that's people are willing to accept. Now, 
I consider a slippery slope and that if you you got to get people used to the idea before you can go full bore. I do not know if they're going to do this, but the problem is I don't know what their plan is. But first of all, mobile CEOs, that's all they do. Yeah. M mobile games, their model, that's their model, right? So you have a CEO who's used to treating the game as a cash box that he can just basically grab people's wallets and start vacuuming up all the money out of it. Like that's what they do. Then he goes into a game and realizes he's dealing with a different community, but he's got to bring that same attitude in. An attitude to people that previously were told this is not going to happen. Like there was statements, this wasn't going to happen. And now it's like, oh, sorry, we didn't really mean it, right? So I totally get that kind of frustration. And if I was to monetize this game, I would use a fundamentally different model. I don't like this kind of monetization for two reasons. One, it's goofy. It's a very mobile game. And two, it, it opens up the cash box. Once people start paying for this stuff, the, psycholo the psychology says they will pay for more. Mobile games understand this. So that's my concern. It's very narrow. I do not know into the hearts and minds of the people running the company. I don't have a clue. I also don't agree with players who think that they should get it for free. That's just it. You, and that's kind of yeah. my, that is the crux of, uh, like, I'm actually, so I'm reading some of these reviews that, like, I'm as you're talking, uh, and I'm listening, uh, I'm reading some of these reviews, and, and in particular, one of the things that irks me is, is I think that you said, Lex, that, you know, the mobile CEO, they their their mind is wired towards money or what have you not, right? But I think that this is the lesser of two evils, right? Because what is the next... Because they were talking about that, like, the next step could be that they release DLC, right? Such as factions, um, other factions, other maps, right? But we know what happened with Battlefield 4. Uh, if you're familiar, maybe you're not familiar, but with Battlefield 4, they did that. They released maps under uh, DLCs and it split the community. It did. So you, like if your friends had the map pack, but you didn't have the map pack because you didn't want to shell out the dollars for it, you just actually simply couldn't play with it. The worst of it all was when you had match made games where you're playing with your friends and then it all, I kid you not, this happened. All of a sudden it goes to a map you don't have, you'd be kicked back to lobby. It, that's how that's how insane it was right and that's so bad implementation oh it's terrible oh, it's terrible implementation and i i don't want to say it's predatory implementation to some degree but it's like so they are so this is a company that has spent probably dare i say five to six years relying on game sales alone now game sales alone are not infinite right game sales alone are not infinite as much as people might think they are they're not um you know, there will be a finite amount of people that will buy this game. And then at some point, here's the biggest issue. Squad, and I, I would I would argue, it. well, I know where it came from. I, I won't go into its origins. But essentially, short story long, it, it wasn't set up to be a live game service. Like, this game was not set up to be this. It was more set up to be kind of an arcade shooter to some degree, really, at the end of the day. Like, in the sense of a Milsim, like this kind of thing and it got popular right it got popular it got really famous and became this became this amazing game that it is today and i'm not complaining but now you're dealing with i would say the dichotomy of two sort of business models in the video game industry clashing together where you have this live game service model right that's coming over here from this mobile game uh ceo where he came from was the live service model and you have this game that's stuck in the ancient ways of build a game once and that's all you do. You might build a DLC later on, right? So you're stuck with this ancient business philosophy that is kind of outmoded and outdated. And then you have the CEO coming I, in saying... I, I totally disagree. How so? That's a... Outdated and outmoded sounds like we're, you know, talking about going around on mules, right? It's, <laughs> it's, it's not the preferred approach. Of companies that have figured out that there are better ways. But why do you to make say it's? But why do you say it's outdated? It's not outdated. It's a perfectly but yeah. No. So why do you say model. yes? Why do you not say it's outdated? My pardon. Sorry. But the the point is, is that it's. I would say it's not preferred. Now, to be completely fair, right? 
the mobile gaming industry started from a totally different base. The, mobile games are far more limited, different audience. For a long time, you couldn't even make a very good game on mobile that wasn't sort of simple. And so a lot of simple games and monetization became the thing. This is just because this is the model that companies that want to make a lot of money use does not mean that it is a particularly good model, nor is it one that should be the primary model. It's the one that people that want to maximize revenue have chosen, which might make it a good business model. But it's not the only model, right? And and so, what model would you recommend? I'm, I'm not trying to I'm not trying right, to paint so you in a corner I, here. Alex, I am but... very much a subscription model. Sure, person. no, and we've Asian been model. over that. Yeah, yeah. But no, then, but, but not, what but would people podcast, feel about so. what would people feel about that? Then, like you know, you have this scenario where it's like oh, I've paid, like, because then you're going to have these people. Like, if you didn't start with the subscription service, if you didn't start with the subscription service to begin with, you're going to have massive. Now, fair enough. I think I think we're kind of up a creek without a paddle here with this argument to some degree because I don't think it could ever happen. I agree that subscriptions, like you should build your game with subscriptions already in mind. You shouldn't like introduce it because there's going to be these people that are like, I paid for this game like already. Like, why do I have to pay a subscription? You, you, you've essentially uh, like, uh, like you've lost your entire player base. If you all of a sudden you're just like, Oh, you know, this game you just paid 40 bucks for now you have to pay a subscription to play it more. (laughs) Like, wait a second. What? (laughs) The funny thing is subscriptions are the way that lots of other types of businesses have gone. A la carte is actually... The funny thing is a la carte pricing is actually older in many ways than subscription pricing. Like it, it, Subscriptions are generally come sort of later in the history of things. Where it's like, at first you just got to pay for everything as you do it. And then it's like, oh, well, let me buy, let me get you into that services money. So a lot of industries have actually gone the other way. Right? It's because you know service businesses want that repeated income the reason that monetization is done the way it is is not because it's a good model it's because a relatively small number of people will lose their mind and way overspent that's the only reason this is a workable model yeah this type of monetization is actually a terrible way to make revenue in the sense that you you have no stable revenue pattern at no. all, right? You're relying on one person who's got way too much money and way overspends to basically, you're, you have to have a big audience, you have to rely on law of large numbers and the average behaviors of large groups and the fact that you got a few whales every million people and you can make so much money with that that it becomes a very workable model. Yeah, you've talked about the season passes. The season passes actually get closer to that subscription model. They get closer model to the subscription with, model. They do. Yeah. yeah. And so the subscription model is actually, it in no way is it outdated, nor is it outmoded. It's actually the better model. It's just not something you can always throw on top of what you already have. So- Here's the thing: uh, is that Des is just listening to me and Lex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I've had. Here's my thoughts: is there's, there's basically, I would say, there are uh, three-ish levels of microtransactions-based games that I get progressively more okay with. The worst kind is this exploit exploitive model where it's basically a pay to win because if you don't pay then you you don't have the best gear and you will probably not win that is a terrible terrible model i hate it so much and and because does any of us play any game of that style no (laughs) i refuse to make it sure same here yeah um i I think we're (laughs) yeah (laughs) just be be fair it's like wait you guys still play this game (laughs) so then a level better than that is the the microtransaction model where the thing you're buying and doesn't actually um, impact the gameplay at all. And, and emotes can fall in this category. Uh, and, see, you know, other things can fall in this there, category. There's, there's a middle level. There, yep. The, the, and middle, the middle level is partial pay to win where you can get slight boosts. I yeah, actually, I would still consider I, that pay to win. I, I'm actually okay with that, provided it doesn't encourage massive amounts of spending. I don't like it. 
It, well, so it, here's here's yeah. my third level. My third level is the actual. It is it is a subscription model in disguise where the battle pass or the emotes or the number of emotes or the the different variety that you can buy in any given amount of time basically equates to a subscription. And not only am I okay with that, I really hope companies do it because they need to make money. Yeah. And so like, that's the thing is it really depends on how they're going to do this. Like if it's like you can buy a, an emote like so so rocket league you know one of my go-tos <laughs> you know there's not an unlimited amount of money that you can spend in that game well i'll use one that we both all three of us play prune prune actually uses a model where you can buy a slight advantage not a That's true not a game breaking advantage but that is also advantage. a true subscription. Wait, are you it saying we're playing, a we're playing yes. a game that's paid? When? What? Yeah, we, so, <laughs> but to be clear, we, we are playing a game in which it uses a subscription model with an advantage to the subscribers. So you can have what I would call slight accelerated pay to win where it's not game breaking and doesn't become someone getting so far behind they could never catch up. Well, I, I I'm argue, actually okay with that. And I'd argue it's not pay to win, right? Because the fact that um, you know, what it unlocks essentially is it unlocks the multiplayer aspect of the game, right? That's really what it unlocks. And I mean, and, and since a lot of people aren't going to play prune, it, it just uses a simple, you, you can buy certain features that are more convenient to have. Yeah. Just in case people yeah. aren't playing it. it. It doesn't change. You don't suddenly win the game or anything like that, but well, there's not really a, you don't really win it anyway. Yeah. But the, <laughs> but... the point is, is that if you pay for the subscription, certain nice features, which help a little bit are opened. None of these will keep you from succeeding at the game. I think there's only one limit and that is the headquarters limit. And that's just, that's just literally, if you play the game this much and want to get that big, please pay. <laughs> if you're, if you're that yeah. serious a player, just please yep. pay for subscription. Right. So all of us have, have, bought into a, that model of subscribe to get some slight benefit is really right. what I'm saying. Well, but you can also do this. There's the version of the emotes where if you sell a hundred emotes per year uh, and that's all you have access to. So like, and the reason I like rocket league for an example is they have a store, but there's only like a dozen items available in the store at any given moment. And there's, that's all you can buy. And once they're, gone those dozen items are there for a period of time and then they're gone and replaced by another dozen of items so there's a maximum rate at which you can spend money it's a subscription where what you get are items that are decorative basically yeah, and it's still got a definite fomo thing but it doesn't break the game it doesn't the break the game and but even if there's no whales in this because you you have a limited spend and just in case if people don't know what fomo fear of missing out I, yeah, I, 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 some a friend of mine was critiquing and said you, you need to make sure you explain your acronyms. And I'm like, <laughs> fear of missing out, the phenomenon of you know, if you don't buy this subscription, you'll never get it, kind of thing, which is a yeah. psychological tool to encourage buying. That's all it is. So, and that I mean, in Battle Pass, kind of is the same thing, right? Where yeah. as long as the Battle Pass doesn't, you know, break the isn't game breaking, it's basically a a subscription for a a, a season. Yeah, I I think here's the thing I will completely agree with CPR on. Games have a game developers have a right to be paid to produce their product. I don't know why that's a controversial idea with people. Well, I think I that's either. and that's the reverse greed. I was kind of talking about the discord. That's I think I like reading some of these reviews. People are like, like, how dare they introduce microtransactions? I'm like, yes, it is a slippery slope. They, they, and I think this is where I go with it. If down the road the CEO starts doing just wackadoo things, like just absolutely wacky off the wall things, then I'll be like, yep, you told me so, right? But right now there's no evidence. Like, because here's where I go with it too is he could have done a lot worse, right? He could have done a lot worse. And the fact that he didn't is proof that he maybe, maybe he's testing out the waters. He wants to see how far he can push it. Or maybe it's like he's actually like we we have a good thing we don't want to ruin it. But in the same stretch, like you said, they, they need, need to, to get paid. They need to get paid because yeah. like computers run on electricity. Electricity costs money. Humans run People on food. People run on food. Yeah, food costs <laughs> yeah. money. You know, 
Anywho. Yeah. Um, no, I think this has been a great topic. And if we were kind of chatting about this earlier that uh, this this podcast episode is going to be like the the shooter special. special. Uh, right before the podcast, me and Lex were talking about how Lex often plays these games because of his godlike reflexes yeah. that he's always yeah. bragging about. So. He, he doesn't play them so that he doesn't break it for the rest of yeah, the exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, yeah, well, <laughs> speaking of AAA titles, um, so kind of our last topic for the evening tonight is about, uh, well, it's about hero shooters, but it's also about the inspiration of the topic. Let's go that direction. Was about Battlefield 2042 in re, the key word here is re, introducing uh, the class system. Uh, so when Battle Battlefield uh, 2042 came out, uh, for those that don't know, it's like a, it's not a milsim shooter. It's more of like an arcadey. It's like a, it's like a crossbreed between Squad and like Call of Duty. Call of Duty has really small little twitchy maps and stuff like that, while Battlefield has much larger maps with tanks and vehicles and planes and all sorts of guns and stuff like that. But it still very much is an arcade like shooter, right? Um, and so when Battlefield 2042 came out, um, it was kind of lauded by critics being as just this absolute terrible game. Now, to be fair, I played it, and the one as here's the thing: there's a lot of aspects about the game that were kind of like that were lauded on about critics that I was just like, I don't really care. Like I don't really care, but I will admit they did kind of break my immersion to some degree. And one of them was about the heroes. So so in past Battlefield titles, you always played as a class. So that might have been Assault, Engineer, Recon, or Assault, Engineer, Recon. I forget the other one. I, we're going to say Medic, but I don't think it was Medic. And anywho, you played as one of these classes. You picked a class, you picked your gun, um, and you picked your gadget, right? You picked like a gadget of some sort of like C4 or something like that, right? And then you yeah. ran into the map and you played the game and it was a lot of fun, right? And each one of these classes would have like a certain selection of gadgets available. So like for instance, the assault class would have like defibrillators, right? Um, the recon class would have like a recon drone or something like that, right? So you had these various things and you ran in and you played the game. There was cosmetics, of course, right? There was um, uh, there was gun cosmetics typically. So there wasn't really soldier cosmetics, but there was gun cosmetics, right? Um, and that's how you played this game. Now, all of a sudden we turn to battlefield 2042 and you have all these heroes, right? And so it's quite a divergence from the previous titles, even back as early as like the battlefield one and battlefield two or uh, battlefield world war world war two, my pardon. So, um, like battlefield Vietnam, which I played. Yeah. Right. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, th- I think, which is, this, which is actually the second one, right? I yeah. Think. Yeah. Battlefield 1942 with Midway Island, I think is the first one I played yeah. in this series. That's a, that's and a, it, that's a by the way, it was, back. yeah. So, how I constantly show my age, I've always played version one of these games. <laughs> like, I haven't played anything in the middle, but I played yeah. that original game 20 years ago. No, th- that original Battlefield game for people that haven't played, first of all, no microtransactions. No, oh, nothing. of course not. Yeah, it they didn't know what just... a microtransaction was back then. Exactly. Well, they actually, hadn't been invented yet. They hadn't been invented the yet. Idea, the idea was there in some concepts, but yeah, it was a pretty new concept. The, uh, it definitely wasn't a scourge in the industry. It was a fun little game, right? It was, but it was you were just a soldier for one of the two sides. Well, and, that was just it, you, right? You're a nameless soldier, and the thing is with this one in particular, the thing that got me, the thing that actually made me stop playing the game was the gunplay was wacky. And I'm like, well, why was it wacky, pair? Because the fact that you would shoot, I kid you not, in, in case you're wondering, and they even admitted it. They admitted it themselves, and I'm like, how did this get past QA? I'm really wondering. Because essentially what you would do is you would shoot a target, right? From maybe like, let's say 50 to 100 meters away. And the bullet, it was like a, it was like a bowling ball. The bullet would actually, it was like wanted, James McAvoy wanted. It would like curve, like, cur- like, and we're not talking like a deviation of a, like a few inches. No, we're talking like, like a foot or two. And I'm like, the heck is this one about? Like, I'm like, can I actually hit a target here? And so I was like, it was just, it was just bonkers right so that's why i stopped playing the game but one of the more immersion breaking things about this game was they had these heroes right so they had these these characters if you want to think of it uh in the game um now whether or not these characters would actually be in a realistic military or not i don't know necessarily i can't speak to that but 
the problem was is that these characters were so cringeworthy, right? These characters were just so cringy. They had dialogue lines that were so out of touch, that were so very kind of like wishy-washy. You know, the, the thing I wanted to comment about that is almost every actual soldier I've ever met, no matter how deep in the military they are, are like, you know, it, the running joke in America is they're all the, they look generally like the standard picture soldier, like, it's not that they're boring people. They're great people. It's just they're not the people in the movies, right? Yeah. yeah. They're like neighbors and friends. You know, like I, I had a grew up with a kid, a friend of mine at school, and his father was a, a Marine Corps or our father was a Marine Corps vet. And he's like, he'd been shot four times and left for dead. Just average dude, right? So, yeah, obviously the hero is a very different character is what I would say. And, and, well, and the dialogue appeals lines in a like, very different way. Well, the dialogue lines would be like, like, let's get him. I'm like, what the heck? Like, it was like, is this overwatch two? We're about to go play. Like, like it just was so weird. And, the dialogue lines. I'm like, it, it's a game, right? Bizarre. It's like real, real soldiers are just average people doing a job. Hopefully very well. They're not these caricatures. The caricatures are the ones that we imagine, yeah. Well, and so that's one of my actual, I don't know, confusions, I guess. Because at, at face value, a hero shooter is just a class-based shooter with a lot more classes. <laughs> and then you slap a, a name of a person on that class. And here's, and my, here's my added bit to that. A hero shooter, and this is where I want to get into the kind of subtle, subtle con, uh, subtext of what I'm discussing here tonight is a hero shooter is a class shooter with a whole bunch of characters that you can now add cosmetics to and monetize better and more efficiently. So, and, and I'm going to give you my own, my limited example of participation in this genre. Um, I play League of Legends, which is not a hero shooter, but has classes. Uh, we could say it's a hero looking. game, yeah. right? Like, yeah, hero game. So I, I love Gangplank. I have no idea why I like this particular character. But there's an attitude about this particular character that I enjoy, right? It, it's, it's a distinctive style. I bought the cosmetics. Yeah. So I basically had a certain budget and I spent it. I totally buy it. Like I, I, you will totally convince me that if you, a hero connects us to a reality and, and I'll give it, I'll go to my old man thing. It's like, if you follow like what was going on in Shakespeare, like the images of Shakespeare are historical heroes. You know, the ancient Greek heroes. Those were the ones everyone wanted to be. We, we've had this human desire to see ourselves as the hero of the story. It's, it's a natural desire to relate to, to want to be. And it's a very powerful image. You know, it's like, yeah, ask people who their favorite Star Trek captain is or who they want to be in Star Wars. Like as kids, we'd run around and play with lightsabers just what we did yeah and, and i think that's yeah, the, that's powerful. the real drive behind the monetization is that you identify with the character and you want yeah. to invest in the character and, and, and it, the fact that they're playing off a powerful human emotion is just business yeah I mean, that's what it is it, it opens it up to some very problematic monetization which i think is c pair's big topic i i think before we get into that topic i just wanted to acknowledge how powerful a thing that is how how nice a thing it is if we exclude the monetization part i really think it's cool to be able to play a game and become that hero just for a little while well because it's, and one it's of not the, reality what is it star wars um one of the best i think it was star wars commandos was a game it's not a hero shooter but you play the part of a star wars a particular star wars commando and it was an is an excellent game short storyline excellent game and it really immersive uh at least to me yeah I, I i remember playing wing commander and you have play a nameless hero until like the third or fourth one but you have a career yeah right? and, and people interact with you like you're a member like even though you're a nameless hero you're a person. you're a yes yeah. you, and, you put your name in that slot yeah you become that person whoever they are and you have a career and you have a, a, a bunch of achievements. It's a very powerful idea. It's very old. In some ways, it's just taking all the RPG elements 
all the classic I want to be the hero and just putting it on games where you have you know the fact that it's not pervasive in the first person shooter it just I guess is a little surprising right it's just a natural thing I mean that's the whole the gimmick about Nuke Nukem Forever was the distinctive thing about Duke Nukem, besides the fact that he's the most politically incorrect character, is he has a distinctive style. Right? I don't know if either of you ever even yeah. saw the game, but Duke Nukem starts and it's like, you know, no one's going to steal our women and get away with it. Like, you can't do that stuff in modern games, but he's got a distinctive, crazy personality. He does some other things that I can't even talk about in a podcast. And you you connect with not a nameless hero, but a very distinctive sort of, you know, sort of take Arnold Schwarzenegger's old action hero movie, but just be even more ridiculous. And so it's been there a long time. I, I really, I respect the use of it in games. I don't like the monetization abuse, but as a concept in games, I'm all on board. But yeah, like Seapair, you were saying yeah. that they didn't execute well on this one. It sounds like it was like cringy. <laughs> Well, they didn't, yeah, they didn't execute on it well, but I think the big thing is now, like, so you were kind of mentioning um, about Gangplank, right? And Lex about yeah. in League of Legends. And the thing about why I think, you know, a generic soldier would have resonated better with people, and I think it would have gone better, but I don't think, I th there's two actually reasons here. So the first one, something that I've kind of left out is there has been a, now this is a prevailing theory or rumor or speculation or opinion, so to speak, so it's not based on any fact, but there has been kind of speculation that this game originally was going to be a battle royale of sorts. It actually wasn't going to be the game that we all know and love, that they were actually working on a battle royale versus, uh, you know, Battlefield 2042. So all of a sudden they kind of had to reverse track. And I don't know why exactly, but they reverse tracked on this. So that's kind of a uh, little background theory for you guys about this game. But secondary thing. So let's say that you had like, let's say you had a look, right? You had a look that you were like, okay, I want to, I want my soldiers to look like this, right? Well, now you mm -hmm. have to buy 16 costumes of the, like the same costume. If you want your character to look that look, for say, like with the old ways with the class shooter, and this is where that's pervasive sort of monetization comes into play. With the old shooters, with the class system, you know, it was very much like you bought a you bought this whatever, and it, it's done, right? You're good to go. And now though, you're getting to this point where it's like they're trying to incentivize people to buy more cos cosmetics. And I mean, I think of another thing in particular, like like Battlefield Four, for instance. It used to just be you had gun skins. That was it. So you had a gun skin. You used to unlock these gun skins, and that was it. Now you have like all these other skins for all these other particular singular guns, right? So you have this scenario on your hands now where it's more like, um, uh, what's the game I'm thinking of? Uh, Counter-Strike, right? Where it's like everybody has this like wacky, and it's clown paint. It really is. This is not like like camo or like, like it's clown paint. This is really what you're dealing with here. Like, so if you want your gun to look like clown paint, mm -hmm. I mean go play Battlefield 2042. Now it's interesting because they have reversed the decision. They're going back to the class shooter, but I mean, I feel like the damage is already done to some degree. And it's like, I feel like nobody cares because there's already been the pervasive theory and rumor as well. Like going around the area that they've already kind of, they're already working on the next game, which is kind of crazy to think about because we were kind of hoping that they'd be hoping on this game for a long time, but might not be the case. Well, and that's sure. an interesting callback is so if you think about squad and emotes, like it's really easy to mess up a game and destroy a game by introducing some element that just doesn't work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then well, the, and the damage thing is, is done. Too, is a lot and... of people complained about it. A lot of people complained about it at the beginning. A lot of people were like, this sucks. Like, can't, I can't believe you've gotten rid of the class system. It's almost like their brains couldn't wrap around the idea of a game without classes. Like, it was just like, like how am I supposed to do this? And, like, I, I understood it pretty – like, so I played the game, right? And I understood it pretty – I understood pretty clearly who what character belonged to which class. I was like, okay – she is the defibrillator. She's the medic. Okay, cool. I'm going to use her for medic roles. Oh, this guy is a recon drone. Okay, cool. I'm going to use him for that, right? So that wasn't my biggest issue, but for a lot of people it was, right? And now they're going back on their decision. And I kind of wonder to myself, this is the real question of the day is why now, right? Like why didn't did, they- Did these players not play Borderlands? 
Like uh, they might not have. Uh, like it, the, looter, I, I mean, the looter shooter genre and the FPS genre do hold some similarities, okay. but. Uh, the audience might not I mean, intermingle to some degree. It, it's just, it's crazy to me that this idea would be just, I'm not buying any, nobody's ever heard of it before. Like there's, this hero genre is pervasive in lots of different games. And most gamers I know don't stick that narrowly to one genre. Well, here's, here's my problem with hero games. And um, I haven't played a lot of hero shooters but I've played other hero games where it it feels incredibly hard to balance. Oh, it's and impossible so to balance. It's balance. impossible to balance. And so, like, I all, the classes that I want to play, that I'm interested in playing, are always seem to be underpowered. And, you know, some, yeah. in some of the games I've played, <laughs> I've been made fun of because I was playing that class that's total trash. Yeah, which is... <laughs> The, that I, I had that issue with Gangplank at times. Like he wasn't the most powerful class, right? It's like people yeah. kind of look at you funny. It's like if if you thought that me playing the most powerful class was going to improve the experience, you obviously don't understand how well I play. But it <laughs> but it is one of those people min max, and you can't min max with so many classes. I mean, I yeah, it, 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 like Path Pathfinder's got like a million archetype subclasses. It's a it's a role-playing game and like half of them stink, right? It's just, you can't balance that many things. And it's just, it, the question is, is, you know, are, obviously these things aren't needed, right? I mean, I've already, you've talk, heard, heard me talk about chess before. You can do great things with simple. I don't really dislike them though. I, I guess I just have a bit of a fondness for the idea that I'm connecting to a character not just a nameless character, but a person with a story like that, that seems to react to me. I, I, that adds so much to my gaming experience. Maybe that's just me. And maybe that's my role-playing interest. Like it's just, I want to be the character. I don't want to be nameless. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm just unfairly biased in this case. Yeah. It's interesting to think about. That's for sure. I mean, you know, we often talk about the fact that gaming companies nowadays will try any kind of tactic to get people to... Oh, I, I'm sure this is pure monetization. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Let's see. The, the problem is, that is these, gone are large com- <laughs> yeah. these are large companies trying to make a lot of money. And there are people in rooms to sit there and ask, how do we make more money? That's, that's what they do, right? And so they're going to look at these opportunities and they're going to exploit them. There's a reason I don't play many of these games. It's just for that reason. <laughs> I, I I prefer games from developers that just love the art of making a game. And and I, I will admit that. It just it adds so much for my enjoyment when the game developer just is making trying to make me a good game and I'm paying for it. Like this is a nice simple thing. I don't yeah. consider the Battlefield franchise to be that. Like this is maybe it was in version one somewhat more like that, but it's not that anymore, you know, like, so I don't know. I mean, I, if I was to complain about every time they bastardized a good idea, I don't know what else I'd talk about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess the hero shooter, a hero game in general seems more a, these days seems more about a monetization play than actually creating great game content. They should hire those artists from the day before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I no, I I get it. I actually, I guess the thing is, is I so agree with your point C pair that I almost don't want to talk about it. It's like, it's ruining. It's ruining. What's a beautiful thing, right? Art and pleasure for the enjoyment of it. Well, I think the thing is, you know, even like I think also the fact that they missed out on an opportunity such as, you know, with, you know, if you went back to the classes, I think it would be very much it would incentivize people to stick around to the season pass a little bit more because oftentimes the season pass, unfortunately, now is it's like the perception of like I, I play the season passes. I play the season passes for Battlefield and I um it's just so bloated. 
It's just so bloated with so much stuff. Like, do you guys remember Halo, uh, Halo Infinite, that whole controversy? Were you there for that? I'm sure I, I was there for it. I probably just didn't pay any attention. Yeah, I really <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a Halo player. So, I, so you know. uh, well, I'm not I'm not a massive Halo player too. But this controversy was too good to pass up. Essentially, it was that like Halo Infinite filled their battle pass with like colors. That was it. Like so, like you like you had to pay for the color blue. If you wanted to color your armor blue, you had to pay for it right that's that's how crazy it was and so the thing is is they're bloating the season passes here with all this they're bloating it with all these characters and and all this stuff and it's like i don't really care about it well thanks everyone for listening to our esoteric dive into the world of gaming this week you've been listening to pair des and lex if you do have any feedback or would like to recommend topic for one of us to discuss for next time you can actually head over to our discord uh, where we have a channel called the water cooler and uh, there will be a link for the discord in the description of this podcast by the way so if you're wondering where that is um and in the water cooler channel we talk about all things exposition whether that's about this podcast upcoming podcast topics or anything in between uh if you do enjoy our podcast please make sure to leave a five-star review on spotify or write a review on itunes and most importantly share this podcast with your friends your dentist your pizza man your mother anybody yeah well once again thank you everyone for listening and remember especially in times like these take your hand and grip it firmly around your wallet and hold on tight hold on tight tight. (laughs) thanks bye